0: Je luistert naar een boodschap van c Church Amsterdam en Almere. Wij zijn een kerk van geloof, hoop en liefde. Voor meer informatie over onze kerk kun je terecht op onze website c of c3almere.nl. Wij geloven dat deze boodschap jou vandaag zal bemoedigen, inspireren en bekrachtigen. Love Christmas. Uh, we have we've identified three Topics we think are hot potatoes, (laughs) Uh, hot topics um, in in society right now, Uh, and we want to speak into them because not only is society feeling the pain of this, we are feeling the pain personally, and that is uh, uh, we're suffering from a crisis of identity, um, the myth of happiness, and uh, and also troubled by... uh, an intolerance or um, a, a, a getting over a fence, let's just say. So, yeah. People are getting offended at so many things that people do and say. It's like freedom of speech is, getting, is, is being shrunk. And so we want to talk about how to get over a fence. Live in peace. That's in two weeks. Next week, we'll look at the myth of happiness, why it is you should not be pursuing happiness. Uh, and, and today, I want to talk to you about identity. This message is called uh, The Gap in 17. Turn to someone to say the gap in 17. What is he on about? <laughs> my my, my uh, the subtitle would be a Search for Significance, and I'll explain the gap in, in just a minute. But I mean, how many of us have not had the thought, for example, of um, I'm not as good looking as him? I mean, you probably all think that when you look at me each week. <clears throat> I do apologize, it's just a gift, but, um, but if you were not to compare your life to mine, then you wouldn't have a problem with it. Right? No. Ha, uh, you think, oh, I'm not as good looking as him, I'm not as smart as him, I'm not as something, uh, if only I could have a hair do like her, you know, and we make all these comparisons with others, comparisons with our own expectations of ourselves, uh, we compare with social norms and social trends and feel like we're, we're meant to uh, comply with that, roll with that, uh, and, and, and we feel like that's where our identity comes from. And so we end up thinking our sexuality defines us, for example, or our career performance defines us, um, or, or our successes and our failures define us, but none of those things define or describe who you are. I'm a father, I'm a friend, I'm a leader, I'm a husband, but none of those things are who I am. They're just roles I play. There has to be an authentic me. There has to be an authentic self that is consistent in all of those things so that I'm not performing all the time in every aspect of my life uh, and so we're, we seem to be on a search for significance uh, let me just read you this quote from Lady Gaga because of course she's the fountain of um, or wisdom and this is a a tweet just to perhaps illustrate that we're all on a search for significance and some seem to find it in the wrong places. She says this in a tweet, she says, Madonna hates Gaga, she's over. I don't need anybody's permission to be remembered, I will be, whether they like it or not. Uh, maybe I didn't say that with enough attitude, but uh, <clears throat> I think you get the idea of the attitude that is in that tweet. Which just goes to show we're, we're searching in all sorts of places to try and find our significance and we're failing. Five or oh, more than five people will commit suicide in the Netherlands today. Uh, and another five will commit suicide tomorrow, every day of this year. Uh, 5.2 people are ending their lives. And the biggest uh, age group in which that's happening is in the middle-aged age group. Now, the research doesn't say why that is, but I would like to suggest it's because you hit a moment in your life where you do begin to go... Am I good enough, Father? Uh, Am I happy enough? Is this all that life was meant to be? Uh, Who am I? And you start to assess, am I making a difference? I reckon every single one of us at some point in our lives have asked certain questions that may not be those questions, but sound something like it. Do I matter? Does anybody love me? Do I, do I have any significance around this place? The answer, of course, is yes. Somebody does love you. We'll find out who that is. No, we all love you. Uh, you do matter. You are significant. But we'll get on that. The point is this. We have a search for significance because we're broken in our identity. If we could heal our identity, then we would no longer need to search for significance. Because you'd be happy with who you are. So given it's a lead-up to Christmas... We're going to see this through the eyes of the shepherds. And, uh, and so I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 2, just to set the scene. In Luke chapter 2, and we're going to look at the story of the shepherds. So let me give you some context. These shepherds are standing in a field near Bethlehem. Uh, now get this, shepherds were uh, smelly, dirty workers who were not allowed into the temple because they were unclean. So these guys were rejected from the most significant part of society at the time. They were not accepted. So what did they do? They grouped together. It's what people tend to do. They grouped around a social norm. And we're seeing all sorts of social norms developing where people are finding their identity and thinking it's their identity, but it's not their identity. And so the shepherds did this. They grouped around their brokenness, their their, uh, sense of rejection. And then suddenly... Out of nowhere, an angel appears to them and, and says, do not be afraid, because they were afraid, trembling, going, what, what are you doing here? If you come to the right address, maybe you need to reprogram your GPS. Surely you should have turned up to a priest or some good person, not to me, not to us. If you come here to reject us, if you come here to punish us, are you going to tell us off for something we've done wrong? Uh, Some of you have those voices in your head so frequently. Today, I'm going to help you try and settle that down. So the angel said, hey, I want you to go to Bethlehem. I want you to go and and meet this uh, man called Jesus. He's the Savior of the world. And so uh, they were up for it, which is where you get to when you're pretty broken. You're up for anything. And we read the story here in verse 16. He says, so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger, verse 17. Everyone say 17. Because I'm getting to the point of the title of the message. The gap in 17. 17. (laughs) It will get more profound than than the number. Um, When they had seen him, when they had seen Jesus, comma, space, gap, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about the child. and Listen to this. These, these, these are people no one used to listen to. These are people who were rejected from society. Listen to this. All who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. What happened to these shepherds? One minute, no one wants to listen to them. The next minute, everyone wants to listen to them one minute there is a sense of insignificance around their life, the next minute there's significance around their life and the writer doesn't tell us what happened, it just said they saw Jesus and then everyone was amazed at what they said, what is the gap, I need three volunteers, who can help me I need three volunteers to give me a hand, you, you're going to do nothing but hold a board, just a wonderful, come on down um, I want you. <laughs> we're giving Jerry a break uh, uh, I need you to stand here, Remy. Wonderful, Aya, beautiful. Uh, you can stand in the middle because you're uh, the, you're the really good-looking one. And the others are just good-looking, but you're the, <laughs> there. We go. I got myself out of that hole. Aya, I want you to hold that. Beautiful, thank you, Remy. There we go. Does that say 17 from where you stand? Okay, and that's a comma. That's your cat. That's 1.7. Stop it. Uh, not in the English service, only in the Dutch service. In English, that's the comma. Um, <clears throat> we're talking about the gap in 17. One, that's the starting point, right? One is, You'd agree one is the starting point. If you discount zero, good. Starting point, what, is the, what, what was going on with the shepherds? The shepherds were living a life just quietly on their own, grouped around their group identity, their social norm, their rejected life. Uh, what, what happens when you have been rejected, typically? What is the identity you then portray? If you've been rejected, typically what you end up doing is rejecting others. Uh, you may have some other thing that's influenced you, whereby it causes you to, uh, to get defensive really quick. Maybe you've not felt the acceptance of others, so your, your broken identity shows itself in excessive self-promotion. Uh, or selfies, we call it, but excessive self-promotion because you have a a broken sense of worth uh, or value. Uh, But whatever it is, you're expressing uh, a sense of broken identity. I don't know who I am, so what I'm going to do is project what I know I am, and that is my inner pain, out there. Now, the truth is this. I wasn't trying to label any one of us just then. I was trying to label all of us. We were born with a broken identity. Then there was a gap. We'll come back to the gap. <laughs> and then there's the seven. This guy's got it all together. Seven is the number of completion in the Bible, as it so happens. Wow. There are a few wows around this number 17. What then happens? Something happens. Now, instead of projecting rejection, you're accepting and instead of excessive self-promotion, there is excessive other promotion. I want to I make you feel good about you. I want to make you feel good about who you are. But at the same time, when I talk about me, which is now less often, I talk about myself well. Not because I'm promoting myself, just because I'm okay with me. I'm not now in the mode of self-destruction, through the use of my words that I was over here, I'm sure we've all played ourselves down. The Brits are brilliant at it. Uh, they'll say sorry when it was your fault. <laughs> uh, we don't play ourselves down. We don't talk ourselves down. But at the same time, we don't spend all day talking ourselves up. But we're comfortable with who we are. And so we—exactly. Fu- and so we find, we, find we, have a, we have a healthy identity. But something happened in the gap. To get the shepherds from there to here. Now to discover what the gap is, are you okay for another five minutes? The answer is yes. We need to turn to Ephesians chapter 3. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3 and uh, verse 16. This gets so freaky. It's almost like, I know God has no favorites, but I think he has a favorite number and I think it's 17. We're going to start at 16 and travel through 17. Everyone say 17. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 17 is going to tell us exactly what happened in the gap. Are you ready for this? I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp How wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. How many people reckon that sounds like a pretty, healthy identity, a life of significance? Then he goes on to say, and this is the significant part, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than you could ever ask or imagine according to his power that is at work, within us to him be glory in the church and in christ jesus throughout all generations forever and ever he tells us two things in verse 17 that happened in the gap he saw they saw jesus and once they saw jesus something happened they saw the world through different eyes something took place in their soul in their spirit something got awakened in their spirit And the root within themselves was taken out of what it was in, rejection, and planted into new soil. And we're told here in Ephesians 3 that the soil was God's excessive love. How wide, how wide, how deep, and how high is his love. When you put your roots down into his love, I'm saying this because I want to tell you two, th- two thoughts here. Firstly, your identity has already changed if you've met Jesus. But secondly, most of us don't realize what has been changed to. And so there's a journey of change. What we need to do is reinforce the fact that our roots have been planted within us into a deep, excessive, filled love that is extravagant and accepts you. So now you don't need to find your acceptance from other people. Maybe that's the challenge you face. I need other people's approval. But now you found it from God himself. God approves me. So whether you approve me or not isn't going to make such a difference to me. God accepts me. So if you reject me, it's not going to make such a difference anymore. I'm not saying it won't hurt. But it's not going to shift my identity. I know who I am. I am rooted and I am established. What is established? That is, I am mature. I have stature. You cannot have stature without a skeleton. Otherwise, you're going to be like a, a blob of flesh and muscle. Um, in some of your cases, more flesh than muscle. In other cases, more muscle than flesh. And you can decide who you are. But anyway, you're going to be a, you're going to be a, you're going to be, you're not going to have stature. So what do we do? We create our own skeletons if we don't know our authentic self. And that skeleton could be all the things I've talked about. If I, if I just identify with this social group, uh, then, then that will be my skeleton. That holds me up. If I go to work just uh, uh, making sure I please my boss, if I get his approval, that's my skeleton that holds me up. By the way, it's good for you to, uh, to please your boss. It's a good idea. Um, if for only the sake of a salary increase. But it's not what shapes your identity. So we look to these other places to shape the skeleton, the stature, and Paul says in Ephesians uh, 3, that we are established, our skeleton structure, our stature, comes from how wide and how deep and how high is the love of Christ. And then he goes on to say, because, as if we weren't convinced by that, you can, you, um, it uses the words, you have the power to grasp. Why does it say you have the power to grasp it? Because I think sometimes we fail to grasp it. Oh, let me share with you a dream I have. None of you would have this, according to how the feedback went in the first service. In the first service, I said, we all have this dream, right? Don't we? Yeah. Silence. So, this is the dream I have. I'm, I'm being chased by something and I'm trying to run away or occasionally it's I'm trying to get somewhere and I need to get there fast and I'm trying to run to it but I have no power. It's like my legs are made of lead and I, I can hardly run and it's, it's, it's internally so painful because everything in you wants to move but you can hardly move. Anybody ever have that dream? Oh good, you're my best friend. Beautiful. We must share a coffee straight after, that'd be awesome, love that. Kindred spirit, kindred mind, kindred dreamer. Sometimes I feel like we're trying to chase after something, but we just feel like we can grasp it. We know that God loves us, but God just doesn't feel like we're quite grasping the significance of it, or we can't quite grasp that it's making a big difference to who we are. And it may be for this reason that we're trying to grasp out there for something. And he says he has given into your inner self, your inner person, the power to grasp. The grasping is by the Holy Spirit on the inside. We need the Holy Spirit to illuminate to us who we are. That is what happened in the middle. Rooted in love, established in love. And given the presence of the Holy Spirit to understand what that means, can we give these guys a hand? Beautiful. Thanks, guys. Maybe you could just lay it down there as a reminder, and that's it. Fantastic. So I want to share with you just three things that um, that I have actually done in these last seven minutes. Three things that I've done to help help me discover who I am, and therefore try and solve this search for significance and the first is this you discover who you are in the presence of God for all the reasons I've just mentioned when you're in the presence of God for some reason that grasping after that hunger to find your significance somewhere else ceases for a moment and he breaks off those things that you've been feeding yourself with for your hunger for him to grow it's like he he will illuminate Your true self, he will illuminate who you really are in his eyes. You see, the reason why we struggle with who we are is because we struggle with trying to define what identity is. Psychologists will tell you identity is formed and shaped by significant things around you social norms and trends, by your family of origin, by and all the and that's a true observation, but it's not the truth. Those things do not determine who you are. We let them determine how we think about ourselves, but it doesn't define who you are. When Moses said to God, who are you, who do I say you are, God said, I am. Now, he could have said, I'm the creator, I'm the father, I'm the savior, and he would have been right, but that's not who he was or who he is. That's just what he does. That's how he shows himself to us. Moses goes, what do you mean, Who, who I am? Can you give me a better answer than that? I'm I'm hardly getting my head around this, let alone trying to communicate that to three million Israelites. Have you got a better answer? No, Moses, you're not getting this. I am who I am. I just am. Your authentic self, your identity, is your existence. I know that I'm not you, and you know that you're not me. And some of you are thanking God for that. I, I know that I am uniquely me. And I'm not you. That's my identity. That's my God-given self-awareness. That is who I am. How on earth are you ever going to know who you are outside of the presence of the Holy Spirit who can just speak that word to you? You just are who you are, and you're very good. You just are who you are, and everything about that is what I created you to be. You just are who you are, and I am so excited about it. I get up every morning and I rejoice over you. You just who you just are who you are. And that is why we need time in the presence of God, because only the Holy Spirit can illuminate that inside of us. The second thing I do is this. You discover who you are, In God's presence, but you discover who you are also in God's voice. There are all sorts of voices in our lives telling us things, all sorts of signals and messages communicated to us. When I was at school, I was a great cricketer. Now, cricket is a great English sport, so great it's played only in England and amongst its colonies. But nevertheless, it is a sport for gentlemen, which is clearly what I am. And so it was, it was the sport I knew how to play best. I couldn't get into the football team, so cricket was the next best thing. <clears throat> I was too good for the football team. <laughs> Didn't quite get to that level of... Anyway, uh, <clears throat> but the teacher had their favorites, and um, I never got picked for the team. I always got left out any any of you ever been that kid who was the last to be picked all right yeah that was me when it came to cricket but unfortunately on this occasion when it came to football i'd go i get it (laughs) i get it you want me as the last but when it came to cricket it it was actually not true uh they just had favorites that sort of sent a signal to me and then uh And then in the same sort of season, or just a little bit, I was a little bit older, traveling to and from school on the bus, um, there was a gang who used to bully me. It was pretty tough. Really tough. (laughs) Um, and, and, uh, and, And so that went on for, I don't know, felt like forever, it was a couple of years, section of my life. And, you know, I, I could tell you a few more stories because it's actually helping me right now. I, I might just share a few more of these painful moments. But all of them started to send a signal to me. It was like a voice into my soul. You're insignificant. You're not part of the circle. You're not in the in-gang. You're not in the, you're not in the club. You're not one of us. And I had to wrestle that down. I had to work that out, I had to get a hold of that lie, and I had to, and it took me a long time to take captive my thoughts and hear a different thought. I hear a different voice that's saying you're amazing. You are okay. You're fully accepted. Totally pleasing. You're a child of God. I had to make a choice every day for a whole season of my life. Every day, it was a deliberate choice that was a battle in my mind. The lie, the truth. I had to decide what voice I was listening to. If you're a a teenager or a parent of one, we have teachers now who are saying to 12, 13, 14-year-old kids, explore your sexuality. Uh, And... That's so dumb. It's so uninformed. It's so misguided and misleading. If you're a teacher, please, please be well-researched before you give advice to children because what does it do? It sends their emotions out to sea. They get lost in this. Because when you're a teenager, your emotions are lost at sea anyway. You don't quite know how you feel about anything. If you're a parent, so tempting to go, explore, find life, you know, discover yourself. But at that stage of life, you don't have what it takes. When you're lost at sea, what do you need? What would be the most helpful thing for you? It would be a compass, not just a wish and a hope that you're going to find land one day. Oh, maybe if I go in this direction, I'll explore a different gender. Or maybe if I go in this direction. I'll I'll explore something else. Maybe I'll go in this direction. I'll I'll explore the illumination of party drugs. Or maybe if I... And so there's all these things to explore because no one is giving a compass that says, here's the good path. Wouldn't it be amazing to get to age 30 based on a, a a, 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 um, a number of successes you've had because people have been so good at affirming who you are. You're such a beautiful little girl. You're such a, an amazing young man. Rather than, a, I'm not quite sure what you are, why don't you go and explore? I said, oh my gosh, where's that going to leave you? And and, and and so the confusion that many people struggle with as they're growing up, which is a genuine confusion, I'm not belittling this issue at all. If anything, I'm inflating it to say it's a serious confusion that many people struggle with. There is a way of dealing with it and it's not to say anything goes there is a compass that will help you be guided toward what true identity is your identity is not found in a social norm or social grouping or a tribe or anything else it's found in an illumination of the holy spirit listening to a voice that says you're amazing (laughs) you're a child of god you're fully accepted fully pleasing There is no one like you. You're unique. I love the way I made you. You're incredible. What voice are we going to listen to? And finally, the third thing I've done that's helped me is you will discover your true self, your authentic identity in God's community. It says in verse 18, it says, together with all of God's people, Together with all of God's people, you will have the power to grasp how wide and how deep and how high is the love of Christ. See, there is something here in this community that will help affirm your true, authentic identity. Because here you are in the presence of God, who reveals to you who you are. Here you will hear the right voice that says you can do it you're amazing that's okay what is the immediate thought you have when you get off the stage To deli- this is an emotional thing we do is uh, oh, I should have said that, should have done that did that make sense? so why do I get up here and say to Sipka that's incredible I just, and it was, it was just full of revelation because the last thing any and, and that's genuine by the way I don't say it just to the last thing anyone needs is an affirmation of all our doubts what we need is an affirmation of the glimpses we're getting of our confidence you will get that here so when someone says to you, you're amazing you can do it I know it's not the full true facts about your life I know you're not amazing in everything you do but it is the truth there is a difference between what is true and what is truth and we need a community like this where you will have your true authentic identity illuminated by what others can begin to show you what others will reveal to you so right now I want to spend a few moments and deliberately left myself time to do this helping us all because this is an area that affects every one of us, if we're honest. But I know if I can help you heal the brokenness in your identity, I'm going to help you end the search for your significance. Because when you know authentically who you are, you know you're significant. And it doesn't have to be found in results and in, in the, in the things you do. It's just who we are. God never made any human being to be insignificant. You are significant just by that one fact. You were made by Him stand-off voor je. going to give. Bedankt voor het luisteren naar onze podcast. We zien je graag terug in een van onze diensten. Kijk op onze website voor tijden en locaties.